Newsbreak podcast. The Kings of Durban: The True and Untold Story of Durban's Gangland by Tipa Pandey. Far from glamorizing the underbelly of the dark business of extortion, this is part 4 of the series on the Kings of Durban, a book written and researched by Deepak Pandey. In the book, Pandey unearths the history of the notorious gang boss Sheriff Khan, who survived a jail term during the apartheid era. Pandey's writings detail Khan's rise to power. Based on the information received, Ismail's report on the Sheriff Khan trial under the headline "Notorious John Foster Square Shootout" described how Sheriff represented the innocent victim who had fought back against a tyrant India gangster who was responsible for the fearsome hand of extortion, blackmail, and violent threats in the town of Fordsburg. This certainly helped Sheriff to gain the admiration from Indian business persons and merchants within the Johannesburg region. who mainly were subjected by Kasimji Zaa's lethal hand and many of which showed up in court in support of sheriff and his organization well certainly someone who was notorious in a sense but also a little bit of human i would say tell us a bit more about sheriff khan while you were investigating or researching for your book uh sheriff khan is one of the uh, highlights i'll say one of the main characters in the novel because of his personality and how he was glorified I'll say back then you know he was the El Capone of uh, South African underworld and this all began because of how he ran his his syndicate which was known as the Indian Connection and it was named after himself the Sheriff Khan organization the sheriff basically was part of the Crimson League in the late 40s early 50s in Durban and after he got involved in some trouble with the Salot family Choto Bana and the Big Five advised him to, it was best for him to leave Durban because there was a hit on his head So when he left and he got down to Johannesburg in Fordsburg he actually found himself under extortion threat by the Indian mafia that was operating there a guy by the name of Kasim Jiza being Sheriff Khan you know somebody who doesn't take much nonsense from anyone he walked up to this guy in front of like I don't know how many cops in John Foster Square and he pops this guy he stood trial and he was sentenced to life and they were they were actually sending him to hanging to death row but he appealed the case and he was lucky enough to get out so because he beat the prison system and because he beat the gallows he was well respected in the underworld and people looked at him in a very different light so when sheriff came out he basically used that limelight or that spotlight to basically uplift himself in the underworld and he was the only person today to congregate a national major gangster sit down wait gangsters from Cape Town, Johannesburg, Peter Marysburg all sat on under one roof where he at that time declared that he wanted to join forces and basically take over the entire South African underworld. I can't tell you too much about that because that's in the sequel. When newspaper journalist on Main Street Johannesburg dug into the incident, publishing an article in the Rand Daily Mail under the headline Leading Durban Advocate Victim in Rising Underworld Feud. In the article they referred to the violent execution of three high-ranking ducktail gang members as well as Sheriff Khan, the newest success of Knox, who shamed the hangman at the gallows. Now this was a little taste of what Sheriff Khan avoided, isn't it? 100% you know when we when you speak about the detectives because Sheriff Khan went on a spree where he started eliminating all the other underworld figures for him to basically rise to the top and if you mention about the dark tale and Knox the case that went on advocate Knox was actually the one defending Sheriff and also there was a lot of spotlight on him because how was this guy an attorney managing to get all his indian guys out of death row 
So the, he had some hand with the general judges, but as you read into the novel, you'll see more of how twisted and corrupt things were even during the apartheid era as well. Tell us what eventually happened to Sharif Khan. Sharif Khan basically blew up into this huge mafioso figure. So anyone doing any deals in the country, you had to go through Sharif to get things done. But at the same time, his power was limited in Durban and his power was limited in Cape Town. Because of Choto Bana and guys like Mohammed Akivahid, he had to obviously negotiate with them before actually getting moves done. But Sharif was the person that basically took over and he wasn't afraid to come out and tell people who he was. While the others were hiding behind other pretenses, Sharif came out and let people know, hey, I am a gangster and I'm a mobster and this is what I do. And his respect still follows throughout the country up until to this day. You know, his family is still well respected. He's still well respected. If you look at a man with such a mastermind, because if you look at the daring things that he's done, we're not glamorizing them in any way, but you, you got to admire these guys to, to a certain point where they were so brave to go out and get something done, whatever the objective may be, his main objective was to get there and accomplish it. And all this happened during the apartheid era. Exactly. Everything transpired between the 50s, you know. For me, Sheriff Khan, uh, I mean, he is the Al Capone of South Africa. And the way he conducted himself, the way he raised his family, he raised his kids, he was the perfect gentleman. There's very few stories where you hear him going out and really putting pressure on people and putting pressure on things because he was this laid-back kind of mafioso figure, you know, where he was very, very well respected and at the same time, he was powerful. He was powerful. He, he was a guy that could make things happen. If you dwell very deep into the story, you'll see his hand in politics and um, how much he sponsored uh, the, the, the Congresses and uh, South African Indian Congresses. And also his every meeting that transpired, his men were outside there in Johannesburg offering protection at the same time. So when you, when you talk about history of a person, I think you've got to cover every angle and every side to them. And if you look at how he's raised his kids and how he was to his wife, Yo, this guy was something else. That was author of The Kings of Durban, Deepak Pandey. Tune in for more and find out how you can win a copy of this book only on Newsbreak Legends on Lotus FM. Started in Durban, ended in infamy. Newsbreak, Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.